Hi, Dan. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing great. When you missed uh, an episode a few weeks ago, we talked about how your perfect attendance uh, was gone and how, um, you know, we, we talked about like that kid at school uh, that has perfect attendance and how everybody freaks out when he doesn't show up like that one day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Didi's not here today. And uh, I feel like he's definitely not that kid that ever had perfect <laughs> attendance. No. <laughs> um, so it's not as, it's not as shocking. Like the kid that West Virginia went to West Virginia, didn't show up to class today. I'm shocked. You know, big, right. big surprise. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just in the pattern, right? Yeah. You, you don't necessarily know when it's going to happen. It's, but it's now become part of the pattern. No yeah. surprise there at all. Yeah. Didi didn't show up. No. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, okay, um, then on we go. <laughs> but I think that's going to set us up well, okay, okay, for today's episode because I feel like there are some very Chris and Dan centric topics that we can dive into, um, and we'll get into what the rundown of the show is going to be here in a second. But the first thing I wanted to start off with was something that I feel you and I are are relatively passionate about, and if Didi was here. Uh, he would hate, he would hate this. So Perfect. <laughs> yeah, this is working out really well. Um, but we're, we're at the beginning of like long sleeves and shorts season. Absolutely. We are. <laughs> it Let's is the, go. It is the first day of fall is when we are recording this and looking at the forecast ahead in Western Pennsylvania. It's a lot of that. And I'm very excited. I already started with it today and it just felt, it felt right. It felt homey, felt good again. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think in terms of like comfortability and what I would want, how I would want to live my life, I prefer to live in shorts and a long sleeve shirt. I think it is the epitome of comfort. I think it is a sign that the temperature and conditions outside are the epitome of comfort. I cannot think of a better way to live than like low humidity, right around 70 degrees, even go into, you know, the mid to upper sixties like that. That is my wheelhouse. It doesn't last very long. Well, depends on where you live. Obviously not everybody listens to this podcast is where we're from, but like where we're from, you're going to get like four if you're lucky to six weeks of that and then it's over. So it's yeah. time to cherish it. That's true. It, it certainly is the time to cherish, cherish it right now. And I, I couldn't agree with you anymore that the long sleeve or even in the morning hoodie, a light mm-hmm. hoodie, like you're wearing right now in shorts, that is just primo, primo comfort. And, and kind of the inverse of that, you'd say, well, what about like pants and a t-shirt or jeans and a t-shirt? it just doesn't have the same feel to it. No, I don't know why you think it's kind of just the same, but flipping the top and the bottom, it's, it's not, there's something special and maybe because we don't get it that much. But if you ask Didi, if he was here as much as he complains about fall, he lives there in that zone of long sleeves in shorts for a good portion of the year, because that's a crisp California morning or a nice California evening where even with those sleeves, his blood's now burned in California sun. So it's a lot cooler than maybe it normally be. When we go out to visit, we're like, no way. 
sleeves, shorts, let's go. But he'll throw on the hoodie and the long sleeve. So I know he would at least have to admit that that's a, that's a prime comfort zone that he likes to live in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know that he would admit it because he's so anti-fall. Um, but That's true. Because <laughs> it has, yeah, it has connections with fall. But even though he loves it, he probably still wouldn't admit it. But does yeah. it every day. And I don't understand why Didi hates fall so much anymore because he lives in like the perfect climate in LA. But um, I'm excited. I think, yeah, like you said, like you can't switch it. Like if, you, if you're if you in a t-shirt and then jeans, like jeans are kind of constricting, right? They're like, it's not, if I'm going to lounge, if I want to feel comfortable, I'm not putting on a pair of jeans. That's just not, I'm going to be my first choice. Mm-hmm. Get shorts, free the knees. You know what I mean? Let the knees yes. breathe and yes. put on that long. And it doesn't have to be a hoodie, be long sleeve shirt. Right. Love it. You have that flexibility then that if it gets a little warmer in the day, you throw off the long sleeve or the hoodie, whatever it might be. And you're still in, you know, and warm and hot summer mode, because we'll get that. We'll get that in, in Pittsburgh. And I'm sure a lot of other areas of the country too, where it'll be fall. And then all of a sudden it's like tomorrow's high is 90. It's like, wait a minute. Like, wait, <laughs> what? But, it, but like the, in the morning, it's going to be 52. <laughs> right. So you have to be ready to adapt. So challenges with fall, but I am love it. And I'm all here for it. Well, happy fall. This is yes. uh, happy fall. And, and for all of you listening, welcome to the Brunch Breakdown. Welcome to Chris and Dan's uh, first fall seasonal episode together. Here we go. <laughs> uh, wh- what do we have on the menu today? We are going to be talking, uh, obviously, about what we're drinking today. We're going to um, dive into what we're listening to at the end of the show. We're going to talk a little bit of sports, but like in a really painful way. Um, because once again, Dan and I have a we have some things that we can collectively talk about. Um, Taco Bell is piloting a subscription service, so we need to dive into that. Uh, the best places to eat after a football game, uh, we're going to dive into that. Am I missing anything? Oh, we have brunch court, too. We do. A couple of just items on brunch court today as well. Yeah. My goodness. All right. Absolutely. Well, the menu's we'll packed, um, and let's get into it the way that we always do. And I just heard Didi in my head say... <laughs> By having Dan tell people where you can find the brunch breakdown. Uh, I love it. I love it. I'm glad it's in grade now. Um, yeah, you can find the brunch breakdown anywhere. If you're new to the program, if you're old to the program, you're switching around where you listen to podcasts, literally you can find the brunch breakdown anywhere that might be. Apple, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Each and every Thursday, those episodes come to you Thursday mornings. Hit subscribe, hit, hit follow, and make sure those episodes come to you. Don't look that way. You don't have to look for us. You don't have to find the links. Those episodes will come to you every Thursday. And of course we've got full video episodes that go along with the audio that's released on Thursdays as well. Check out our YouTube and our Facebook pages. Those full video episodes premiere at 9am on the West coast, noon Eastern available on demand. Anytime you'd like to watch them after that. And of course we're everywhere that social media exists. You can find the Brunch Breakdown, and all this wonderful content that we have to share with you on places like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, shouts to Triller, and on TikTok. We are everywhere at Brunch Breakdown. And of course, listen for our uh, what we're listening to later in the episodes, and you can find that playlist every week as well, typically every Friday, unless I forget, but typically <laughs> every Friday on Spotify, search for Sounds of Brunch, and you can find that there as well. Love it. All right, man. Well, what are you drinking today? 
Wow. The, the honors bestowed upon me. Usually you guys don't let me go, but tell you what you're, you're improving your game, your craft beer game. I know you're do, you've been doing Thank some you. research and you're Thank finding you. new hops and, and finding out a little bit about those. So this is already a comfort level that you're okay going second. And I love it. Yeah. Um, so today, while Didi's not here, why not? Right. Right. Why not? So today I've actually got something I don't want to call simple because it's not, but it's fantastic. Um, last week was the four chord music fest, seventh edition hosted, created, paid for all of the above by our good friend, Rishi, who we've known for a very long time, played with in multiple bands that we've been in. We've been able to play with his band, Eternal Boy. I'm rocking the Eternal Boy shirt. The new nice. one uh, today, Bad Days Are Over, the new album. Go check it out. Um, that's been on Sounds of Brunch. So Four Court Music Fest took place at Wild Things Park, which is which is the Washington Wild Things, which is a minor, minor league affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, just about a half hour, 45 minutes south of downtown Pittsburgh. Nice ballpark there, but this is the biggest venue they had had it in. Um, headliners like uh, uh, the Used, uh, there. I mean, there was everybody. Rise Against was there. Every you know, every if you love pop punk music, this was the place to be. State Champs were there. I could go on and on. Eternal Boy put on another amazing, amazing set. However, what I'm getting to, this is a Brews Day segment. He once again partnered with a uh, local brewery, Dancing Gnome, who's one of, if not arguably the best in Pittsburgh, West, Western, Western PA to come out with a special edition oh, nice. beer and can for the festival. Uh, so the can I'm showing you here has kind of the festival artwork, which was also really well done and really well put together. Uh, but this can is, is uses the same fonts and colors and you've got the new dancing gnome, gnome logo up top. And of course it's called seven for, um, four chord music festival number seven they're also doing this really badass pittsburgh skyline like almost upc thing going on right here oh i love that very very cool very very cool uh so this is a gold mail that was available at the festival and is now also available in the tap room it was that good that i had to go and pick up more because i liked it um so a, a gold nail 4.8 percent you've got cascade hops and Herzbrucker hops Oh boy, as never well. heard of that. Yes, yes. So um, it says it right on here. Brewed in collaboration with Four Chord Music Fest to celebrate pop punk and friendship. Cheers to seven years. I'll tell you what, I wasn't sure what to expect because Dancing Gnomes is Dancing Gnomes is the IPA king, right? They specialize in hops. You get a lot of hazies. You get a lot of that. You get bitter hops in a good way, right? Something that you like. This is super clean. And it's got malt, but it's not overly malty. Uh, sh like Shannon doesn't like things that are overly malty and almost like almost like a caramel. Like, but even though you know with an ale, you're going to expect some level of that it was just super clean, really crisp, easily crushable. And at a four point eight, we did um, <laughs> <laughs> on a very hot Friday mind you, but, uh, I had to get more of this. I love the can as well. It's something I'll be saving. Uh, but the seven from dancing gnome in collaboration with the four chord music festival, again, shouts to our buddy Rishi shouts to four chord music shouts to dancing gnome putting out a great, nice little, nice little gold nail to kind of ease you into 
fall, right? It's nice. We're getting into heavier stuff now, oh, yeah. with fall, oh, yeah. right? But it's nice to still have a nice little, a crushable beer, but one that still provides great flavor, not like a insert any name here light that you can find on any shelf anywhere. So cheers with this. I love it. That's awesome. I, how often do you end up saving cans? That's a great question. We have a collection of saved cans uh, down in our garage. And if I were to ballpark it, we've maybe got between 20 and 25. Um, so I think we were doing it more often at first, and especially during the pandemic where all we were getting was cans, right? That's all we could get. But now we're like, why did we save this can? <laughs> like, because it's either you're either saving it for one of two reasons. At least we are. If the beer is that phenomenal and that good, and it's something you probably won't be able to get, so you want to remember it, or the design. Yeah, the design of this is so is is amazing because I love how it it works off of the festival poster and everything like that. So, I'd say you know in the past two years we've we've saved about twenty to twenty five, but now it's become more about the artwork the can art than anything else versus a a really special beer which we'll also keep as well that makes sense i've like so many times thought about keeping cans but i never have because i just don't know like what i'll end up doing with them i have this Mm -hmm. grand like idea of what our we have an unfinished basement what our basement will look like and it's go like the idea is to have a bar down there and i've thought about how like they could be but like i know that it's probably gonna be like 10 years until we finish our basement so do i want (laughs) to hold all these cans for 10 years probably not but yeah sometimes the art is so good or the beer is so good that you're just like yeah i need to like commemorate this this drink exactly saving the can kind of with you there too it's like there could be a project in the future where yeah somehow all the cans are together as part of the bar or i've seen uh, people that have done just the label and then that they they do it as the bar top right and the very cool things with that as well so maybe one day for that but you know yeah it's it's been been a new kind of a very cool thing to be able to collect some of these really really fascinating uh cans and can art that they're getting more creative with i love it Nice. Well, today, Dan, I am um, beginning my transition here, at least for Brews Day, to go from the summertime type of beers to the more seasonal, getting into fall, seasonal beers for fall, Oktoberfest, stuff like that. And I'm already stocking up, but I wanted to, uh, on this first day of fall, do another IPA. So indulge me here. I have had this can sitting around. I wanted to, feature this for a while. And I've just like forgotten and forgotten and forgotten, but I picked this up in Cleveland over the summer. I went out there for a, uh, family wedding and we went to this brewery called crooked pecker. And 100% the reason we went there was because of the name. I was like, I gotta, I, the beer may be terrible. I want to get a t-shirt that says crooked pecker on it, which I did. Um, but they have this IPA called throw away your television that I, fell in love with. This is probably, um, it's, it's, I don't think by the end of the year, it'll end up being my favorite beer, but it's probably going to be in my top five of new beers that I've tried this year. Wow. Um, it is very much on the citrus side. You get like a lot of like grapefruity type of, uh, flavor, uh, when you down it, it's 7.7. So it's got a little bit, it's got, it's got, it got a little bit to it. 
Um, but I wanted to feature one more IPA before we hit October and uh, head into some of those October fests that I plan on trying. So that is the one Crooked Pecker in Cleveland, Ohio. Throw away your television. Uh, they don't always have it available, but if they do, I would recommend swinging by, picking it up. It's a cool brewery too. Uh, they have a really nice outdoors setup uh, where you can basically just like throw your own tailgate if you want to, which I'm a huge fan of. Ooh. Um, so highly recommend. Nice. Very nice. I'm going to have to add that one to the Cleveland next list next time up yeah. that way. They but, say Cleveland has no value, Dan, but they don't, they, it's not, it's not true. There's a lot of breweries there. There are, there are, that's enough of a, you know, that's, that's maybe one of the only or few, but yeah, well, that's a good, it's a still a very good reason. <laughs> Shout out to all of our Cleveland listeners who I yes. know is going, are going to uh, have an opinion about what yeah, I just like, said. Oh, come on. I know they're listening in their car right now. <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, Dan, cheers to Bruise Day. Cheers indeed. We can dive into the episode. Okay, Dan. Uh, once again, I'm going to let you go first here to get it off your chest, whatever you got on your mind today. Well, Chris, I think like I mentioned to you, I wasn't really sure what direction I was going to go here with get it off your chest today. Um, things have been good. I'm not nothing. I've been complaining a lot lately, and that's not my jam. Um, <laughs> uh, so something that has come up, though, is uh, we're in the month of September here, and it is uh, it was just Shannon's birthday yesterday happy so birthday. yes happy birthday to my wonderful fiance and we were celebrated last night and which i will get into but we celebrated <laughs> yeah saucy. I I clarify that yeah. saucy <laughs> um celebrate last night gonna do some more celebrating this weekend and some family stuff but it's 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 real i've realized now at this age and this stage in life that you know multiple people's birthdays when they overlap you sometimes you want to knock them out and celebrate them all at once if it's family whatever it is or a couple of friends and so we're getting together this weekend with my family to celebrate three birthdays oh boy shannon's my oldest niece and my brother-in-law we're doing this again in early october to celebrate october birthdays where it's like my other brother-in-law my mom and then like Shannon has some family who has birthdays in September, and I, I I had this conversation with a with a coworker actually where he knew that there's a, it's a fact that there are more birthdays in September and early October than any other months, and if you just do the simple math, you know, yeah. going back nine months, we're looking at you know holidays, uh, end of December, or Christmas. New Year's Eve. Yes. A big one. That is so this is just a a heads up for people in the future. Chris, you're already a parent. Um, I'll have to keep this in mind myself, but try to spread out, literally spread the love throughout the year a little bit more because financially this becomes a very difficult time (laughs) as we head into the holidays. There's just boom, 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 birthday, 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 birthday. And it's oh, like, yeah, oh, it's right Thanksgiving. Right ahead of the holidays too. That's tough. Right into it. Damn. Right into it. And there's no, not enough of a gap there because it's, again, having birthdays before in September, October for a holidays is fine. It's completely normal. But to be like front loaded <laughs> yeah, right before the holidays 
is a little much and a little aggressive of trying to figure out what to get everybody. But then you always, you, I'm always for these September, October birthdays, I'm always thinking about well, what, I, what am I going to get them in two months right. for the Christmas? And can I knock out both gifts? Do I need to get a list for both gifts now? And it's just a lot. This is fall. This is a great time to do fall things, fall festivals, football, tailgate. And now I have to schedule weekends around birthday parties. And I don't want to do that. I don't think life. I don't. And I hope I don't offend anybody in your family, Dan. But I think at this point, the people that you mentioned are grown ass adults. (laughs) Um, for, I don't except for one or two. Yeah. Oh yeah. One. I guess there are some yeah, nieces, nieces in there, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like for adults, I don't think you should have to, you know, schedule birthday parties around the other things that you want to do, especially if it's like football games, you only get 12 of those a year. Six of them are home games. You only get six of them. Yeah. It's just a birthday. Yeah. Right. They've done this 30, 40 many, times many already. Times. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's difficult to try to, I mean, the idea of grouping them together at this point in life is a good thing. We're not, everybody's not getting their own celebration. Yeah. So that's good, but, but it's you, still. You know, as well as I, Jim tried to do that in the office and it did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well. <laughs> did not go well at all. You're right. That's a great point. In fact, we'll see how this goes on Saturday. Uh, might have you talked to everybody segment. about the cake situation? Like, did they all agree on the cake? Right. I don't know. Yeah, this is a big mystery. And I don't I think it has really, problems written all over it. Dan. I didn't want to get into it, right? You know, <laughs> not my birthday. So, but again, let's just think about procreation in the future and not super <laughs> load up on the fall. You know, there's nothing like a good springtime loving session that you can, you know, even out the calendar a little bit. My birthday's in May. It's halfway between, you know, the holiday season. So it's nice, you know, it's it's a great time to have a birthday. So just, you know. Keep that in mind if you could. It's funny. We actually um, talk about like birthday scheduling all the time because my, my wife and my dad both have birthdays that are like basically on Christmas. And so like growing up, it would, they all, I don't think my, my dad's on the 27th. So it's a couple of days after Christmas. And I think like for him, he was one of 12 kids. I think like his birthday kind of always got lost in the shuffle with like all the other birthdays and Christmas happening. So it was all, we always made it a thing to not like want to make his birthday special because I don't know that it always was. And I think Kate, my, my wife's family did that for her because she's the 21st and Christmas is just a few days after that. So it's like, you don't think, like you said, you don't think about that now, but like, maybe you should, maybe you should just think about how, it's all going to play out over. Think about your future. Think about your future. Yes. Think about your future and the future of others. Yes. Thank you. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a great point. The one little other thing I wanted to, to touch on, as I mentioned, I was going to get into to dinner or to the birthday celebration uh, last night. So we go out to dinner for Shana's birthday. We go to uh, spirits and tales in Oakland, in Pittsburgh. Now I know I'm getting a little bit more to the homegrown audience right here, but this is actually going to kind of segue into what you're going to talk about here shortly, Chris. And Spears and Tales, 10th floor of the Oaklander Hotel, new oh, hotel nice. down there. Great views right across from Soldiers and Sailors. We had, the food was excellent. The service wasn't wonderful. We were there for almost two hours and we had an appetizer and, and dinner. No dessert. You know, we had a cocktail didn't need to be there that long. It was a little slow. And now 
why am I calling out this restaurant? The reason I'm calling out this restaurant is because there was a, another group that was there that left probably about halfway through our time there, large, recognizable group of gentlemen that were sitting a little bit further down. Yes, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett and the offensive line were there That's having why. their weekly dinner. That's why things were slow in the kitchen. <laughs> That's and hilarious. that's why things were slow in the kitchen because those big boys probably had them slammed and they're occupied. They have to focus. That's an that's an NIL contract now that he has <laughs> with that hotel and that restaurant that he's there every week. He takes them there every week. He promotes it. Again, I was very excited to go. The food was great. But my man, Ke- Kenny, Kenny, my man, I, I almost ran up to him and I was like, I can't do this. Um <laughs> It was just unfortunate that the service wasn't great. So maybe Kenny and I can meet there and share share some food, break some bread, and you know I'll have better service the next time around. But I'm trying to support him, trying to support the restaurant. But those big boys must have just slammed the kitchen. They call it the hogs dinner. So you can imagine <laughs> how much food gets ordered at the hogs dinner. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Probably more than a, an entree per person. Not that one. <laughs> yeah, probably just a little, <laughs> a little bit. Um, well, Dan, you're right. That segues well into what I want to talk about and get it off my chest. Um, because I think, and part of me is happy Didi's not here for this. Part of me kind of wishes <laughs> he was here for this. Right. I think that life as a casual sports fan has to be way better than the life of a diehard. I, yeah, you, you and I both sat through one of the most embarrassing losses we've ever witnessed. We don't have to go into that. We're going to talk about embarrassing losses in, in, in a few minutes here, but like the pain and agony. Okay. So you like, you follow a team so closely and especially for football season, like it's the shortest season of the year. You spend nine months anticipating it. You get excited for it. The season starts. And it's like when when you have just a horribly embarrassing loss, like two or three games into the season, and then, you know, the rest of the season is just going to be crap. Mm -hmm. It's as a casual fan, you could just be like, ah, whatever. But like, as a diehard fan, it wrecks you. And I just, I know that, I I know that neither you or I with our team here, Pitt, I know that we can't pull back and just become casual fans. So I'm not (laughs) too late for that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not suggesting that that's ever going to happen. I mean, I am wearing a pit shirt while I am wholly embarrassed about what happened uh, just a few days ago. So I like, I know that I can't change. I know it's not going to change, but like I think about all the other sports that I watch, like when I watch the NBA, I just like watch it and I see a few things that happen. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And then that's it. I watch a penguin game and I'm like, my blood's pumping the entire time. Then nine 30, we end up losing in a shootout. And then I'm supposed to go to bed. Like, no, that's not, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like, and then like I watch the other college football games or like the NFL, I watch the NFL and I just watch the games and it's entertaining. It's fun. You see some cool shit happen and it's just like, whatever. I think the life, I think we picked the wrong life is basically what, what I'm trying to say. And I, I, and part of the reason I wish Didi was here is because I suspect 
I, I've always gotten the impression that Didi is like more on the side of being a casual fan than a diehard, even though he has teams that he roots for. Mm-hmm. And maybe next week he can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but like he has some teams that he roots for, but I feel like he, he's much more easygoing about everything that happens. And I just wish I could be that way, but I, I can't. Yeah. And I would love to know how he's that way because he watches as much as we do. He grew up watching as much as we do. He was in the business similar to how you were. So there was always a connection there. So I'm, I'm, I think you're right though. I think he's probably not super casual, but he maybe leans a little bit more casual. I think he can, maybe he gets over losses easier because of who he roots for. Maybe that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> but then like shouldn't the we get, get because of pitch, shouldn't we yeah. get over losses? You think we'd be used to this by now. What's the main difference between the three of us? Cause we all have, all of us have like a horrible team that we're passionate about. Yeah. I think it's expectation. And especially with college sports, it's, it's like every year you wipe the slate clean and there's some level of expectation because there's so much level of uncertainty, not with just in, even within your own team, because you've got new, a bunch of new players each and every year in college, right? You don't necessarily have a lot of that in the pros. You have some turnover, but you've got full, you know, uh, graduating years coming in and out of a college team. And there's so that there's that same uncertainty with every other team you play. So there's still even any team could be anybody on any day. Yeah. You know, we're, you don't get the chiefs or the, you know, what the, when the Patriots were dominant, they weren't upset every week. They weren't must see TV because, Oh, you know, some garbage team could beat them, but that can happen in college football. And so I think we look at our team and we look at the schedule every year and we're like, this is what can happen. This is what can happen. Yeah. And there's just a level of ex- expectation of competence, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and when and that apparently that's unreasonable to apparently that's too much. And when that doesn't get achieved, yeah, it it wrecks and it has a a wave of an effect, not just within that day, but the next day and bleeding through into the next week in the next game. And it, yeah, it does have a rippling effect into the entire season. Yeah, I don't think we can get out of it, but I would kind of love to know what that mindset is like. But to be able to witness something like that, do you go in with no expectation or do you go in with no knowledge? Like I'm sitting That's there the with, with with Shannon and she's like, are we supposed to win this game? I'm like, yes, by a lot. And then we don't. And she's like, well, this isn't good. But I'm like, my life isn't good. So there's a big difference there. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like so many people I know are full on depressed this week and I'm I'm kind of I'm 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 somewhat there with them. But like that's and it's so funny we keep going back to Didi and he's not here, but like he he um he he doesn't have no knowledge of the teams he roots for. Right. Right. So it's a mind it has to be a mindset thing, but I just don't like I don't uh I don't know how, how do you change your mindset when you're passionate about team? I just don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't know any other way to operate than like being fully invested in it. And when they lose, my life is over. <laughs> it's a problem. And it's something where I think we're, we're certainly stuck with for the rest of our lives. Cause it's not getting any easier. I thought maybe when we were young and growing up and that's just, you know, we didn't get tastes of championships necessarily, uh, you know, early, early on, like, like a Boston fan where they're just used to it. Right? right. But for any team that we would root for, we didn't get 
we weren't born into championships. So I think I thought maybe it was just until we reached some level of championship that maybe then it would start to ease down. That, 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 that didn't happen. It, it, still, <laughs> it did not happen whatsoever. <laughs> could have every team could win the same year with city of champions again, college pro. But then like we lose to somebody we're not supposed to the next year. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it never changes. It never changes. Like what was DD's thoughts? How long did it take him to get over 13, nine? How long did it take him to go over that? I don't know. That's a great question. And may it, I feel like we need to, this, this needs to be like part one of two. And we talk about some of this yeah. stuff with DD next week, because I mean, God, who knows? Pitt could lose to New Hampshire this weekend and we could, we might need to have this same conversation again, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, I know he wasn't happy, but I don't know, like, was he devastated? Did it ruin his week and like ruin his interactions with other human beings for at least a week? Um, I don't know, but that's what it would have done to me. Oh, for, oh, for sure. That would have had a long, long lasting impact. And like you said, still even to this day where I guess it must just be some, I would, I, we need to know more expectation level has to be part of it, but when you're expected to win, you're expected to be disappointed when you don't and really disappointed as we are. I love how, you know, fans of ours knows that we did the Chris and Dan podcast for years and Pitt was kind of our highlight and our specialty. And we had an impromptu Chris and Dan podcast breakout via text this week. <laughs> and it, we had to, we had to, it was it for, was, it was like for mental health. Yes. Because that's what we used to do. Um, each and every week, but you know, as long as our support people around us, wives, children understand that this is who we are and they're just going to have to kind of deal with this for the rest of their lives. That helps a little bit. They're going to stop going. They're going to stop going to the games with us. And I tell you, this is why, this is how we'll make our transition. I promise you in like 20 years, it's just going to be you and me. And we're going to be like those two guys in the Muppets that like (laughs) yell from the balcony. And yeah, that's it's Yeah. That's you and me. That's you and me in 20 years. Nothing will change. We will be still rooting for the same heartbreaking team. Um, but there were no one's going to go with us anymore. (laughs) That's fair. You're probably right. (laughs) Anyway. Well, since we've, been so uplifting. Dan, let's dive into our first topic of the day, which is uh, the worst losses we've ever witnessed. I can tell you with sincere certainty that this past weekend, losing to a Mac team is one of the worst things that I've ever witnessed in a sporting event. Um, But I'm curious to hear some of your others. I assume that that one would be up there on your list as well. It's no doubt, no doubt on the list that when I don't know if I'll ever forget, especially just the specifics of what went on, you know, some of those games, they last with you, but there are certain moments and specifics about the game in general. And that one will have its fair share to remember for a long time. Yeah. I've got a couple here um, because we're doing this based on in person, right? So that even has that extra level of layer. Naturally, we were both there this weekend. Um, One of the first one that came first ones that came to mind. And so like upsetting and heartbreaking, if there's a fine line, right? You can be both, but one might be more than the other. So this well, so one might heartbreaking is worse than upsetting, right? Yes, I would think so. I was like so. upset. You're just like angry. Yeah, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Is like, 
de- like de- like devastated. Yeah, and there are different different levels to that, right? Yeah. Like this was Pitt was supposed to win this game by a lot this weekend, they didn't. That's heartbreaking. This other one, one of the earlier ones probably in my life was in 2002 Steelers Patriots AFC Championship game at Heinz Field where the Steelers were finally starting to see success and make it, you know, deep into the playoffs. The first we had seen kind of in our lifetime, we had made it to, you know, Super Bowl 30 in the nineties and things like that. But this was really when they started to turn the corner again, early in the two thousands and they had a chance to win it. And I was there. I was so, so excited to be able to go to a a game of this caliber Right. I don't think I'd actually been to a game in person in any sport at that high of a level. The AFC championship, you win, you're going to the Super Bowl. And you have all those thoughts like, if we do win, are we going to go to the game too? Uh, you know, it, go to the Super Bowl. And the Steelers were winning that game in the second half. Um, the Patriots took the lead. They had multiple chances to come back and win that game. I think they lost 24 to 17. So it was within range and lawyer Malloy intercepted the ball in the final few minutes there to eat up the clock. And I stayed sitting in that stadium until it was just about empty. That was, there were, I could have counted the amount of people in that stadium, literally on two hands that were still sitting in their seats at the same time. I was, I when that game it. was over. I believe it. I remember that game vividly. I may, I may have been, I may have put a jinx on the Steelers for that game because I remember, and I'm not going to say how it's not important. How I may have acquired bill Belichick's uh, phone number. And I, I may have left some inappropriate voicemails on his phone. Um, I'm guilty as charged with that as well. So that, that certainly didn't help. And we know it was his, we know it was his phone. It was his. There's no question. We heard his machine. Hey, this is Bill. Or is this we, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm on to Cincinnati. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was bad. Uh, so here's one that I had on my list, Dan, that um, fits right in with you not leaving uh, Heinz Field until you're like one of the last people. The very last game that was ever played at Mellon Arena where the Penguins played. <sighs> Uh, was a game seven against the Montreal Canadiens. The Penguins fell down early, never really were in it seriously the whole game, which was super disappointing um, because I think that was an Eastern Conference final. It might have been semifinal. Yeah, I think it was a semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just the fact that it was like, you have to win or they're going to tear this building down tomorrow was the stakes were so high. Uh, and we did not win. That was devastating. And I, there is a photo of me sitting there, like the only one left in Mellon arena, um, that has since been, it's like every season, uh, it gets put as a meme for some team. Normally it's like when something bad happens to the penguins, I get memed again because like some AP photographer took photos of me that, and I didn't realize was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm right there with you on that one. Um, And to pair with that, another one in that same building, seeing the Penguins lose in game six in the Stanley Cup final and watching a different team hoist the Stanley Cup on your own ice was like 
I guess that's probably in the heartbreaking category. Yeah. Cause you couldn't be disappointed because it was such a great season, but like that's the last thing you want to see is the other team raise the trophy in front of you. I had that on my list too. 2008 Stanley cup final pens and red wings game six. Yeah. That was, it was, it was hard to leave. Yeah. Even though this, the game's over, the season's over. The other team wins, Detroit wins, and they're going to hoist the Stanley Cup in your building. I don't know if it made it better or worse to stay there and watch that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's history, but it's also ripping at your heart even more. Right. That's not you. That's a great point because like how many, how many people can say in their lifetime that they saw the Stanley, I mean, it's the greatest trophy in sports. How many people can say they saw the Stanley Cup get lifted? Mm-hmm. Uh, and skated around the ice for a set. Like you can't, so like, even though you lose, you have, most people stayed because you don't get to see, nobody gets to see that in person, but then like, you're just devastated the entire time it's happening. Yeah. It's such like a weird, that was a weird situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it certainly was. So, uh, yeah, I had that on my list too. So let me go to another one. I'm gonna go back to the gridiron. Chris, this one's close to you as well i don't know if you had this one on your list because we were there together the 2005 afc playoffs at heinz field steelers jaguars oh man <laughs> i so dan i put this out there on twitter asking about like you know what was ask people what what were the worst losses you've ever seen so many people replied and said that game did they yeah because yeah. that and that was brutal because uh ben roethlisberger had been injured and so Tommy Maddox was in at quarterback. The Steelers were still favorites in the game. Uh, the Jaguars rallied late into the game to tie it up to take it into overtime. And then Tommy Maddox, we were sitting in the end zone, up in the high seats in the end zone, had a great view of it. Tommy Maddox throws an interception, pick six. The game is over. It was just, I, I'll never forget that one either. I think that was Ben's uh, rookie year, but Tommy Maddox, that was his last game as a Steeler. <laughs> I'm pretty sure imagine. he like people like trashed his lawn. Oh yeah. Then... It got nasty. It got nasty after that. It, it, it sure did. So it was, uh, that one was just absolutely, absolutely brutal the way it had happened. And then to, to a team like that, that you're again, supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That one was brutal. Um, the last two that I have are both at that same stadium, Dan. Uh, 2009, Pitt, Cincinnati. Pitt had a chance to uh, go to a BCS Bowl. We're up 14, or I guess it was they were up 13 to start the third, uh, fourth quarter. All was well. And then, of course, it ended uh, horribly because we kept kicking to this guy named Marty Gilliard, who every time we kicked it to him, he would return it back for a touchdown. And then a fourth quarter, like we still didn't stop doing that. And it was just terrible. Um, And then this one is just random, but I had to throw it in there. Uh, There was a game in, I think it was 2014. Pitt fumbled five times in the first quarter on homecoming. And I left before the second quarter started. (laughs) That one just- that. That sticks out to me as one of the worst, worst- probably the worst sporting event I've ever attended just because it was ridiculous. And that, and that is in fact, an NCAA record. No other team has fumbled five times in one quarter before, except for the team that for some reason uh, we are diehard fans of. 
again, we're just there to see history, apparently, whether it's the Stanley <laughs> Cup or five fumbles <laughs> in the first half, whatever it is. Um, I remember that the Penn Cincinnati game, I was watching it at B dubs. And mm. um yeah, I haven't been back to that B dubs ever since. Um <laughs> I've got two more here on here as well. Uh one, probably just because it was I'd say recent 2017 isn't all that recent, but as I get older, I'm hoping I'll start to forget about this game Pitt, North Carolina. Every game that Pitt, North Carolina play is, uh, is absolutely miserable, but this was a third string quarterback that came in and Pitt and UNC hadn't won a game. And I think like over a year it was when they were really, really bad. And I feel like it was a Thursday night because they always seem like a Thursday night, but I don't yeah. remember <laughs> trying to black it out. Um, that was just an embarrassing one to sit there and witness. And then the other one, this one's more, well, probably along the heartbreaking, heartbreaking lines was, um, I'm going to go to PNC park, going to a stadium we haven't been to yet because there's not a lot of heartbreak there. There's just like anger, I guess. Uh, but yeah. pirates giants, NL wildcard 2014. Um, this was the year after the pirates had made the playoffs for the first time in what over 20 years, yeah. whatever it was. So, so this was the second year, the second time back into the playoffs. And so the expectation level was a little bit different where we're not just happy to be here. We are, but we're, we're, we're hosting this game at home. So they're supposed to win. But Madison Bumgarner, like, threw the most ridiculous game of his life. And the wind just sucked out of that stadium because it was so emotional still. The year before with Cueto, that was intense. And I wasn't there for that moment, but we watched that one together. But I was at this game against the Giants, and it was just so devastating not to be able to do anything against this guy. And we're finally in the playoffs. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Nope. Going home early again that one was that one that one stung i think the moral of the story is just like don't go to games with chris and dan (laughs) i think is what this all boils down to. really that's really true that's really Um, true but we we can transition here dan because if you're going to go to a game with us um it's probably going to end in heartbreak and if it ends in heartbreak you need somewhere to go after the game to figure out how to get over it right um that's where this map comes in okay let's (laughs) let's discuss this what state has the most iconic post-game spot i don't even know where to start well you know what i do we're getting these maps like all the time about every topic you could imagine Uh, the more that these maps come out the worse they get i think i completely agree with you and it's i always sometimes wonder like how credible are some of these but this is thrillist like i this is a source where that should be trustable enough but what i want to dig into sources even further than that how they found this information out because I, i wonder how many maps that they have that are not outrageous and that they just don't release <laughs> because <laughs> it seems like everyone that gets released is just so outrageous. This is a prime, prime example of states and their most iconic post-game spots. This is this is fascinating. Also, because there's not a single duplicate on here. 
So you really have 50 unique items to look at on this map. Like, is it possible that this map is just like product placement and they just get paid to put these logos in a map? You can't rule anything out, right? You couldn't rule that out, but it's because seems like it could be. But I'd love to know the surveys done for this because they have to have some sort of research in order to put this map together. Like who? So Pennsylvania is anti Ann's pretzels. <laughs> who who's going to the food court after a game? Because the only place I ever see Auntie Anne's pretzels is in a food court at a mall. And half the malls in America don't exist anymore. And the other ones that do, that have food courts, I'm not going there after a game. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No, for cities like Pittsburgh and Philadelphia to be represented in this, and that'd be the most popular post-game spot to be Auntie Anne's. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, who's going to... Who is going to the mall after a game? Are you going after the, is this after like Friday night football? Is this high school football? Is that what this is? And then all the kids go to the mall in fast food places. Is that what this is? Because you know what? Maybe that's more believable. Maybe it is. Yeah. That makes more sense than I was thinking like after a college or a pro game. Cause that's where your head goes. That's what I thought too. But when you mentioned mall, I'm thinking like who does go to malls? It's like kids. Kids go to malls on Friday nights, maybe after the high school football game. They were like, yeah, Annie Ann's. We're always down for, uh, you know, get the cinnamon sugar one. Or if you want the regular salted, you get the cheese dip, whatever it is. But that's the, one of the most outrageous ones on here is representing the state of Pennsylvania's Auntie Ann's after a football game. Uh, come on. Yeah, that's just not. The only ones that made sense. I'll, I'll run through the ones that made sense to me. Uh, if I'm looking at this map. So in North Carolina, going to Bojangles. That makes sense. And it's also amazing. So it, it is also amazing. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. I, that's one of the best. Um, in Wisconsin, going to Culver's, that makes sense to me. Makes sense. In California, maybe going to In-N-Out makes sense. Yes. And also a great choice to have. <laughs> um, but I like beyond that. Who in it? I well, maybe if you're in Arizona, it's so damn hot you go to Coldstone. But like, yeah, yeah. There's a couple on the on there that those that are that are strange. Um, I don't hate Popeyes after a game at LSU down in Louisiana, <laughs> or after the Saints or the you know because the Superdome catches on fire, so you can't you know stick around for the concession. <laughs> so you got to rely on post game dinner and go down to Popeyes. So I don't I don't hate that. I mean, how's like stereotypical is Kentucky has KFC. Kentucky is Kentucky fried chicken. Right. <laughs> Do they really love it that much down there? I mean, I know it's originated and everything, but it's Some just of, one of those things you never know. What's it actually like in Kentucky? Is it a big thing? Is it a big deal? And apparently so. Some of these are really stereotypical. Like Massachusetts is Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. uh, Washington is Starbucks. Right. Okay. those are hard to believe too and who (laughs) pretty limited on what you can get at those places after a football game which is usually later in the day yeah you're not going to get coffee at like 8 p.m no or hell 11 p.m um (laughs) one of the weirdest ones to me is like are people i think that's iowa are people in iowa really flocking to panera bread After it's uh it's Missouri. Yeah, it's Missouri. that's a great okay. one. Yeah, Missouri has Panera. There is no way. <laughs> There's no way. Is that are people that they that health conscious in 
in Missouri that they're like, uh, yeah, go get a nice salad or just a nice sandwich with, you know, an apple. I That's what I have, I think we have a lot of data that suggests that, no, they're not that health conscious. No. <laughs> Um, the, the last one that stuck out to me was I, I lived in Oregon. Maybe I'm an idiot. I have never even heard of Papa Murphy's taken baked pizza. So for what it's worth. I think I've heard of that because of a, a job I used to have. They were a sponsor for, it had to be for Oregon. Uh, I can't remember if we, I know we had Oregon. I don't remember if we had Oregon state, but I think they were a sponsor of one of those two programs. Interesting. Chris, I don't know. How, yeah. Uh, yeah, there are certainly places on here that we haven't heard of. I mean, other very popular, uh, right? I think Oklahoma is Sonic, Nebraska. Is that Nebraska? That's Pizza Hut. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, New York is Sabaro. <laughs> Which yeah, is a nice like, a, my, a New York slice. Give myself a New York slice. <laughs> that makes sense because that's Michael Scott's favorite uh, New exactly. York pizza joint. Yeah. Like, again, there's no way that's real, right? Um I don't know. Uh, five guys in Virginia, South Carolina is Denny's. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alabama or I'm sorry, Georgia is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Maybe believable there. Uh, Indiana is, or Illinois is McDonald's, Indiana steak and shake. Ohio is Wendy's because of course it is <laughs> Michigan Domino's, you know, all big chains here, but, Another one that stuck out to me is North Dakota because I looked at this and I said, what the hell is space aliens? And I did a little research as I hope the people did that put this map together. There you go. And the best way I can describe space aliens is does Chuck E. Cheese have alcohol? Can you get beer at Chuck E. Cheese? I could not. I could not answer that question i don't know i don't i don't remember if you can my gut was telling me no but it's like chuck e cheese with with a bar so like basic busters but mostly kids <laughs> so it's kind of designed like if you remember the movie toy story yeah. the uh pizza place there that was kind of space themed and that's where you got the the space toys out of the claw machine whatever so it's kind of designed that way and then they have like some arcade games that are focused and targeted towards like younger children kind of like in toy story and kind of chuck e cheese like i don't know if they have the ball pits and stuff like that but the uh, kind of the arcade games so not quite towards the dave and busters audience but then they also have a bar in like a draft beer, draft beer and stuff like that and of course they're known for their pizza and they have barbecue there as well it's super weird and there's actually only three locations period so somehow that's the most favorite one after going to a you know a north dakota football game is hey see it's space aliens well you gotta understand dan <laughs> there's only three of them because there's only like 700 people that live there that's true it doesn't take much for that yeah, to become got- the most popular spot that's like three is probably an advantage actually yeah three three is a lot per per capita um yeah yeah this is the weird this is one of the weirdest maps i've ever seen yeah but uh let us know let us know what you see that that sticks out that's bizarre uh but also let us know wherever you live whatever state you're in hit us up at brunch breakdown what's your go-to uh post game spot i know there's a lot of local places that people like to go to but clearly this is more of more something that has a bigger 
bigger footprint. Maybe you like to go get a New York slice at Sabara, or you like to go get a, I think they're calling it a loose beef sandwich at the, whatever the place was made right in Iowa. I love me some Iowa, but they didn't represent well in this map at all. So let us know at brunch breakdown. Uh, fun fact. I, um, actually, maybe this isn't fun. This is probably actually embarrassing for me. Um, for whatever reason, whenever Pitt would lose, which is frequent, um, I would like my comfort food was mac and cheese. I think I remember you. Yeah, that I remember, yeah. especially back at the the Green Tree apartment. It was a right. Yeah, and you were ready for it. But then when we moved to our house, when we get off the highway to come to our house, there's a Blaze Pizza, and so then we changed. And and for a while there. We were picking up Blaze Pizza. That was our post-game spot. Get Blaze, take it in the car, take it home, and eat it at home. Okay, that's good. Shout I don't know if I have a go-to. That's I'm more like so angry that I don't even know. I don't like want to make that decision. <laughs> and I'm just like you decide. I don't. I don't even just just tell me where to know. go. Just uh, whatever. Shannon, yeah. just tell me where to go. <laughs> She's at least gotten used to that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, okay. What's next, Dan? Do you want to dive into this Taco Bell one? Yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. Tell the people what Taco Bell's up to. So no good. That's about it. <laughs> um, so Taco Bell is, is trying out a subscription service through their Taco Bell app. Okay. And so with this subscription service, you, you can purchase a pass and the pass ranges from five to ten dollars a month depending on the location of where you live okay there's a test right now their trial it's a trial in 17 locations around tucson arizona uh it's going on right now through november 24th and so with this pass subscription service for again five to ten dollars a month you can order one crunchy taco one soft taco one spicy potato soft taco or a Doritos Locos taco every day for 30 days straight. So you get your choice of one of those items for free. You can do it 30 days in a row for an entire month and you get that item for free. Naturally, it's enticing you. Who's going to Taco Bell for one taco? Literally nobody. So it's an incentive for you to go there and spend more if you're getting a free item every time you go there, limited once per day for, again, 5 to $10 a month. So what do you think, Chris? Is this a health aside? Is this a good business idea for Taco Bell? Health aside. You and Didi now are so used to me say, talking about like, this is going to kill you. So yeah, <laughs> um, right. we know that's where you, uh, yes, that is bad for you, but <laughs> business. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Right. Like the loyalty, the best, the best loyalty programs from a business standpoint, bring you in on something for them that is cheap to produce and they make a big profit off of. And Oh, by the way, since you're in there, you're probably going to buy 12 other things. And I think like, yeah, no one is what people are going to probably do is go and get like a meal with a drink and then say, Oh, and then throw another taco on there because I have the subscription. 
Like that's what I think people are going to do. It's it's got to be because again, no one's going to Taco Bell and getting one or two tacos. You're getting a meal, you're getting a drink with it, and you're just adding on that bonus extra taco. So the range, the price range of those tacos is a little over a dollar up to like two thirty nine. Okay, something in that in that range. So if you were to do that every day, and I would imagine that the spicy potato or the Doritos Locos tacos is the, is the more expensive one in the $2 range. If you do that every day for a month, you could save up to $71.10 <laughs> in savings in free food with just, again, five, five to $10 a month. It's really, it's a really genius, genius deal. And I think, but you, ha- I think there's a, there's a threshold, right? For any of these things. Because if you're going to pay 5 to $10 a month, I think you have to go six times in order for it to pay off. So as little as six times, up to 30 to save you $70. <laughs> if you do all 30 and save yourself $70, you better take that $70 and go buy some fruits and vegetables, please. Yeah. Because, or that's your gym. That's your, that's your gym membership right there. $70 a month. You in fact, two, that's two gym memberships. Go to both. If you save that $70, uh, shoot me an email, Chris at chrisgatesfitness.com. Let's talk. Um, I, I, yeah. So like, but that shows you based on their prices, what they sell these tacos for, you can save money, but like at the end of the day, what it costs Taco Bell to produce one taco is pennies, which <laughs> I know you said health aside, but that should that should tell you something about the quality, the food quality that you're consuming. It's just a bad, it's just a bad, it's just a bad situation. Um, but I think this may because I, you know, I read the article. And it said like, you know, some other companies have tried this and they've canceled it after like three months, six months, whatever. I think Taco Bell has like a rabid enough following that this may work. You're right. You're right. Because in the, yeah, in the article it mentioned Burger King had tried it and they bailed on it. Um, I think Panera had done it and it lasted for a good while. Yeah. Because um, theirs was like, you know, free coffee was part of the program. But you're right. People love Taco Bell. Yeah. They are fiends of taco bell and you're there they have such a strong enough following that if this this will work it will work and they've done the math and exactly what you were saying there if some you're the extremist person and you go 30 days in a row and you save 71 dollars what that amount cost taco bell was probably like 20 in the 20 to 25 neighborhood yeah right and guess what guess what they are making up that 20 to 25 on all of those additional purchases that you made in addition to the free taco that you weren't originally going to make. Right. Because the average, the average person who visits Taco Bell on a consistent basis is getting some type of Mountain Dew. And, <laughs> and there you part go. Of the package. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I'll be interested to see. Yeah. If this, if this pans out long-term, I think it, it really could based on, what you said, but it had me thinking what other chains, if we're going to keep this in the food neighborhood, what other chains should have a subscription service like this, that you would be willing to pay for a small fee and 
it's tr- it's a little tricky, right? Because this question maybe has some layers to it because you can't say, um, you know, the, the giveaway, whatever the free item is, can't be a big item, right? They're giving right. away one kind of limited style of taco. So what would you be willing to pay for? Like the first one that came to my mind is like Starbucks. You know, if I'm paying Starbucks a subscription fee every month, but what am I, am I getting something for free every time I go in there? Maybe, maybe it's like a, maybe they have, it's like a small. Yeah. The tall, they call the, it the small, the tall, it's tall. Yeah. Is maybe that, that it's like that, a hot coffee, a hot, tall. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Didi thinks he is based on our discussions. Today. <laughs> um, maybe it's that, or maybe it's a, it's a food item. It's a cake pop something like that. It's got to be something yeah. small that's just part of part of it, right? Do you have anything that comes to the top of your mind? You could say the same thing for Dunkin Donuts, right? That I don't know if they're giving away a donut every day. Maybe a couple maybe a, maybe donut, a couple holes. donut holes. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. But what do you what do you, what's at least something that you think you could seriously consider being worth a subscription price? Well, I think like most fast food some of the, like the fast food giants like Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, they all have dollar menus. So they could probably put anything from their dollar menu on a subscription service like this. Cause once again, like it's just like Taco Bell, the price to, for them to produce a taco or the price for them to produce a just regular cheeseburger mm-hmm. um, is, is so low that like you're paying a dollar, but they're making more than, you know, double what it costs to produce that. So they could probably, I think any of them could go that route with just about anything on that dollar menu. Yeah, no, you, you're you right. That it, would, it makes sense for a lot of these. And I wonder if, I guess with Burger Kings, it's it, it failed, but I could see this working out for McDonald's if this works out for for Burger King, uh, certainly. And back to the back to the coffee thing, I think it's possible because, you know, it's relatively inexpensive to to produce coffee and you're paying way too much for it. But I wonder what percentage of people at Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts get just a regular drip coffee. No special this, no special that. Me and you. We're the only we're the only ones. Yeah, it's it's but actually see, amazing to me how how like we're the minority in that regard. Most people load it up with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I think that's how that could be part of the, maybe that's part of the free incentive that they could do because maybe that's not the majority of their business. And so they're getting those people that got the macchiato with sugar and DD's apple crisp latte and whatever (laughs) that he loves. But if you're getting a free coffee, there's a reason there too. Yeah. Um, Maybe I thought about Chipotle. Oh, I have one for Chipotle. You have one for, okay. I I was, I thought you might go there. So I'm going to let you go first on Chipotle. What are Uh, What are your thoughts? I mean, it's like any Mexican restaurant you go to, the chips are free. So they could bring you in with like chips and um, they could probably, well, I feel like most people hate their queso. So maybe they do like, if yeah, you're guac a subscriber, yeah, do chips and guac or queso, not both. Right. That would bring a lot of people in. And like their bags of chips are decently sized. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't. I feel like they've done sort of promotions with that, but I think at a subscription service, especially because you can order on the app, that would be yeah. pretty pretty heavy instead of for a lot of people. Chipotle, um, you're welcome. Hit us up. We use code brunch breakdown. People would flock to it. 
take it. Take, take it. it. Um, Bojangles. Throw in a free biscuit. Throw uh, in a free biscuit. You'd have me yeah. there all the time. Right? That's so easy. That's so easy. Yeah. Dan would free drive biscuit. to Beckley, West Virginia just once a day just to get that <laughs> that biscuit. It's true. I don't care what the subscription fee is. That's that's <laughs> an easy one for me. Yeah. Bojangles free biscuit. That's a good one. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. But yeah, these are these are tough. These are tough, right? Because like I said, you have to have a, a an item that's at a low cost that you can give it away. You mentioned the fast food giants there, but yeah. uh, any others there? If anybody, yeah, if anybody else has an idea, also hit us up at Bridge Breakdown. We'll trademark it and we'll sell it. Yeah, let us know. I think the, uh, the other thing is just like, I mentioned it before. I know this is not part of Taco Bell's uh, setup right now, but like they could also give away Mountain Dew because that's not, they're not right. money. <laughs> Oh boy. Cause if yes. you get a free Mountain Dew with like a subscription, yeah. People aren't gonna come in just to get a Mountain Dew. They get the Mountain Dew with like a party pack of tacos. You know, right. Like, <laughs> that would bring people in. That's another thing to consider. Genius. Tacos. Genius. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, let us know at Brunch Breakdown. What would you pay a subscription service for and and what's that free item? I would love to. Interesting. Eat. Good luck, Taco Bell. Yeah, good luck. All right, we got a couple of brunch court items, Dan. Let's uh, let's hit these up quickly here. Um, do you have a preference on where we start? Because as always, uh, virtually all of the brunch court uh, debates that we have come from, I don't know where Dan finds these, but he does. <laughs> so they come from Dan. Yes, let's start off with, uh, let's, I'll call it the brunch special. Uh, <laughs> if that one doesn't give it away enough um so this is this was a couple of weeks ago actually if held on to this one but it was national chicken and waffles day one of my favorite days of the year a couple of weeks ago <laughs> right <laughs> because favorite do you celebrate dan do you celebrate? i do i celebrate i love it my favorite brunch dish of all time <laughs> chicken and waffles and so the good people are good friends at ego and the good people at Incognito teamed up to bring you the limited edition chicken and waffles bundle. As you can see here, if you're if you're looking, uh, you can see the package here. If you're listening, wherever you're listening, we'll kind of describe it to you. It's just a big egos box <laughs> with uh, kind of going right down the middle, and it, you get packages of frozen ego waffles, and you get the frozen incognito chicken which they spell c-h-i-can apostrophe n because it's um actually vegan chicken tenders um now the egos aren't vegan but they're just trying to team up for a a good reason good support here and it's going to do good things for incognito for people that haven't tried it so chris initial thoughts when you saw chicken and waffles bundled here together with the vegan chicken in an ego waffle I think it's a great idea. I I I want real chicken. <laughs> I'm 100% with you. I'll I'll also admit that this is probably the only way you're getting me to buy anything incognito. Right. Have you ever is had it, incognito before? I haven't. Neither have I. I haven't, but I would try it in this setting since it's uh bundled together. I mean, oh, the picture just looks phenomenal fantastic but you're right i need i need real 
real chicken, but at least, at least you can know you're not eating the healthiest waffle in the world. So at least, you know, go vegan chicken to balance it out. Sure. (laughs) For whatever that's worth. Um, yeah, but like if we're ruling on it, I, I think this is a great idea. I wish they would have, um, actually with the, what we're going to next, I wish Ego would have teamed up with this next company, um, to do chicken and waffles. Uh, and we could spell the whole word chicken, but uh, yes. overall, despite the fact that it's incognito, I think it's a fantastic idea and I approve, which doesn't happen often from me on brunch court. I approve. No. And I was surprised. I didn't think you were going to be okay with this. So chicken and waffles, we celebrate. We celebrate, approve this as well. You're, of course, you're going to get the approval from me, even if it's vegan meat. Um, I'm all for this. More chicken and waffles combo items. Ego and incognito. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This approves in brunch court. Um, so that takes us to the second item, Chris, which you hinted at there, um, which is a pretty unique item from the good, I think good people at Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> um Purdue is releasing, once again, and I'll explain why and how, these are limited edition thanks nuggets. If you don't, if you're not watching this, get to YouTube, get to Facebook, because you've got to get your eyes on this beautiful packaging. (laughs) (laughs) So limited edition thanks nuggets. These are legitimately 100% natural white meat turkey nuggets not chicken. These are turkey nuggets, 100% natural, natural, uh, no antibiotics, white meat turkey, um, and they have a sweet potato breading, making it even a little bit more unique. Um, however, we are still talking nugs here, which means you can do what you want with them, and they are in the shapes of turkeys and drumsticks. <laughs> so, Chris, love to get your thoughts here too. Purdue limited edition thanks nuggets. Now they released these. What I was gonna say, they released these online last year, a limited batch, and they were gone in three minutes. And so Damn. now they're actually releasing them to the public uh, to be more readily available. Um, the trial run went great, I suppose. So, what are your thoughts on turkey breast nuggets with sweet potato? breading i think three minutes is quicker than the macaroni ice cream that we did yes yes exactly (laughs) oh boy okay um imagine pairing these with some macaroni ice cream you get your turkey you get your mac and cheese you get your ice you get your whole thanksgiving dinner taken care of okay i think this is interesting i appreciate the attention to detail with the shapes uh in my household, we buy the Purdue chicken nuggets in the shapes of dinosaurs because my daughter loves that. Um, I think this is going to be the first time ever, Dan, that I've gone two for two with approving. I just think it's unique and kind of cool, and I'm sure a lot of people would like it. And I feel like I would probably try these too. Like, what's 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 wrong with this? I love turkey. I love chicken nuggets. I probably would like turkey nuggets and I love sweet potatoes. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Wow. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, 
Chris Gates with a back-to-back approval on brunch court for probably the first time ever. Listen, and I certainly wouldn't have put money on it on either of these items. Well, Dan, um, the re- part of the reason is also because both of these are probably the first two items we've ever featured on brunch court that are like mostly protein. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm not sure we'll ever get that special again. Uh, that's for sure. Um, yeah, we're getting all the holiday things right now. We get a lot of holiday candy coming. I can't in wait for it in the next couple of weeks. We're so gonna have so many test, taste tests, dude. I'm so yeah. excited. Yes, we certainly will. Um, for these, the shapes freak me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. The one in the shape of the turkey. I don't want to know the mold that I had to go into. Now, when I was a kid, there was a brand called Weaver. That Weaver chicken nuggets was in a blue box and they came in the shape of like drumsticks and I loved it. And so kind of some nostalgia there for me with the, with the drumstick shape. So that one I'm okay on. I think if these were regular breaded turkey nuggets, I wouldn't really care or want anything to do with them, but the sweet potato breading, that's what's reeling me in. Mm. I'm super intrigued. You know, it's, Real turkey. There's no fillers in this, right? No rib meat and that shit that you see on every chicken nuggets packaging. <laughs> um, no antibiotics, but the sweet potato breading, it's already getting in the mood for Thanksgiving. This is a nice little taste test on your way up. You have a Thanksgiving every Saturday. This can be your post-game treat after you go, <laughs> right? You have a little taste of Thanksgiving yeah. uh, building instead up of, to that day. Instead of going to Auntie Anne's for a pretzel, give this a shot. Give these a shot. So I approve... On these as well. Wow. Clean sweep on brunch court today. I didn't that's, think we'd ever see it happen. No, that's that's a first. We'll have to see if DD agrees with us on these two items in particular. I know he loves himself some chicken and waffles. These might freak him out a little bit, but um <laughs> there we go. Look at that for brunch court today. I love it, man. Fantastic. Two two. Let's go. Fantastic. Um cool, man. Well, then let's dive into what we're listening to here to wrap up the episode. And I will quickly before i throw it to you dan um dd has one song he wants us to put on the playlist this week it is uh florida university and the reason <laughs> is because in the song they say f you they say f you because dd is mad at me for him suggesting that he is the best looking one on this episode so um Florida University will be on the playlist. Dan, what are you listening to this week? <laughs> yes, indeed it will. Um, we may get some other songs from Didi, but that one is certainly a highlight uh, from him <laughs> this week. Uh, I'm going to start out with Broods, a band that I haven't featured on here in a long time because they haven't released music in a long time. They've been on some features and stuff like that, but Broods finally back making music. Uh, the New Zealand sibling duo released a song called Peace of My Mind. Um, it definitely has that kind of typical brood sound, which is kind of this pop and synth, uh, forefront there. It's upbeat. It's catchy. It was actually co-produced by Carly Rae Jepsen, believe well, it or not. <laughs> so, you know, certified, banger. certified banger. Let's go. Right. <laughs> so it's the first song off their new upcoming album date TBD, but super excited that broods is back in the mix. Super excited that Carly Rae is a producer on this thing, but broods peace of my mind to get started. I like it. Shouts to Carly Ray. Yes. Um, my first one for this week, uh, the band Real Friends, one of my favorite bands, uh, put out a new EP called Torn In Two. I've already put a couple songs 
from that that were pre-released on our playlist. They're called Nervous Wreck and Storyteller. Storyteller is by far the best song on this EP. I would suggest you check it out. The whole EP is very good. I'm going to put the song Spinning on the playlist this week. Um, I will say, Dan, though, that this uh, it's taken me a while to realize that this is what you need to do when bands have members that change and specifically when bands have lead singers that change is when the next release comes out, just consider it a new band. Just say like, this is a new band in the genre that I like, and I'm going to give it a try. I did that with this EP. I liked it. If I would have been trying to compare it to previous Real Friends, and, and I will here in a second, it would have gone, uh, it, I maybe wouldn't have liked it as much, but um, I think the EP is good. It's not the same. doesn't need to be the same, but I'm going to put the song spinning on the playlist this week. That's a great point. Um, I've actually seen a couple of bands recently that have had that. Mayday Parade, they read for you, uh, the Four Chord Music Festival. Same thing, different singer. So you kind of have to look at it differently. Um, so that's a, that's a great point that new band don't expect the same. Yeah. Um, so I like that a lot. Next up for me is going to be Halsey. We didn't, I, I can't believe it. None of us put Halsey with her album release, uh, just a few weeks ago on the playlist recently, but we absolutely need to do this. I've, I finally had a chance to fully dive into her new album. If I can't have love, I want power. Uh, you know, a couple of songs are on the radio uh, playing already, but it's just really, really solid, really good. Um, it's edgy. It's a little different. It kind of crosses genres a little bit, even between songs and from song to song, but it still kind of tells this story throughout. Um, I definitely encourage people to check out the whole album, but uh, songs like Girl is a Gun, uh, I'm Not a Woman, I'm a God, that's on the radio a lot right now too. Really, really great tracks, two of my favorites there. But I think I'll put You Asked for This uh, on the playlist this week from Halsey. That one's kind of got a little, uh, I don't want to say grungier, a little more alternative sound to it. Um, not typical. If you don't expect a, a Halsey you know, pop radio hit with that one there. But um, yeah, great album from Halsey and put a couple of those on the playlist. Nice. Um, so I want to go back to Real Friends because a couple of things made me think of one of their previous albums. Uh, their album, Maybe This Place Is The Same and We're Just Changing. One of my favorite albums of all time, Dan, because of the listening experience of that album. And we talked about this in the past, how like there's so many songs that get pre-released before albums come out now that like you don't have that full album experience of listening to the entire thing cover to cover. Or if Kanye puts one out, uh, it takes you a month to listen to it. Um, I want people to listen to this album. Maybe this place is the same and we're just changing from Real Friends. I'm going to put the song Summer on our playlist this week because it's my favorite from that album. And I want people to hit that and go over and listen to the entire album. Um, and also you get to hear the difference in sound and vocals of real friends from their original frontman Dan Lambton to what they are now. So it's kind of like a before and after. I like that. Very cool. Real friends also at four chord yeah. music festival steps loaded lineup. My man, yeah. Our man Rishi is it. Rishi's just not messing around anymore. Uh, last one for me is from an indie pop group named blocks. Uh, spelled B-L-O-X-X. They released probably two of my favorite songs back uh, in the year of 2019. They had two of my favorite songs they released that year. Called One was called Headspace, 
and one was called Sea Blue. And they have, are finally back releasing new music. They released a single called, uh, actually, they released an EP called Pop Culture Radio, which sounds like the brunch breakdown. Uh, but so it's a great th- theme track uh, for us. But a song off of that called Magnet is super catchy. Really, really great vocals, great guitar lines in there as well. You hear the instrumentation, even with some of the newer age technology that people are using with electronics and synth and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm a big fan of this band uh, in, you know, kind of still in early stages of their career, I suppose you could say, but great to have them release new music again. So Magnet from the band Blocks. Nice. That sounds good. Um all right, man. My last one is the band, a uh, new band that I've kind of just discovered. Their name is Go For Gold. And um, the song Step Out, they released this single in August. So not that long ago. They haven't put an album out since 2019 where they did. They have an album called Daydreamer, which is also quite good. Um, a pop punk band from Arkansas, Dan. Interesting. Yeah. You don't hear that often. You don't get that all the time. No. <laughs> so we're going to give them a little bit of play this week and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys them. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, we'll see what songs Didi wants to put on there. He's probably still sifting his way through Donda. So maybe some more Donda uh, or <laughs> Drake. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Those are some this lengthy point. back-to-back albums to get through. That's for That's sure. That's right. <laughs> um, well, Dan, this felt like therapy to me. Uh, I appreciate this. I feel like I was like laying on a couch, my head on a pillow, uh, talking to somebody about the horrible choices I've made in my life. How, how, how do you feel? I feel better. Yeah, I feel the same way. We went through, we started low and we 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 ended up getting, you know, towards the positive at the end there. Uh, a lot of food covered in this episode, but, uh, you know, we've, we've gone through a big range of emotion through all of that. So yeah, yeah, this was, this was what I needed. It was just what the doctor ordered. You know, come to think of it now, I'm wondering if because we started in such a depressing place, maybe that's why I was so open to turkey nuggets. Wow. Could be. I'd hate to make you do that every week, but <laughs> no, we're not doing it every week, <laughs> but stay tuned for next week. Cause if Pitt loses again, you're gonna hear a lot more of this. That's true. <laughs> Dan, nice work, everybody. Thank you for listening. This has been the brunch breakdown. See ya.